The next lesson I learned on my 20-year journey was actually a lesson of when to divest from a particular entrepreneur. This is when that entrepreneur starts to reflect symptoms of what I call the false start. So what is the false start? The false start is a point in time in an entrepreneur's journey when they start to get some traction and very often that's precipitated by one big order, normally two to three times a monthly order. Sometimes it can be as high as five to ten times the average monthly revenue and that triggers in their brain that they have made it. The struggle until that point in time has been incredibly real for the entrepreneur. They've worked day and night, every single weekend. They've put in the effort in order to make that business successful. And so when they taste the first fruit of success, they believe that they deserve it and they believe that they have made it. I'm Gareth Armstrong and you're listening to a Razor's Edge podcast. In this lesson, we're going to hear Alon describing nine symptoms that are going to help us identify if we're suffering from a false start. After considering these, we'll also look at how we might be able to bring ourselves and our businesses back on track and to a place where we can continue to enjoy additional successes built upon a continued upward trajectory. This series is all about learning from the lessons of others. More specifically, learning from the successes and failures that Alon Reyes, CEO of Racecorp, has experienced over the last 20 years. As we rejoin Alon, it is well worth having a pen and notebook on hand to record your thoughts and impressions with. The problem with getting these big orders is that you have to fulfill these orders. You have to deliver on your promises, on your contracts. Small businesses that are growing often don't have the resources in order to seamlessly deliver on those orders. And the business would need to go through a learning curve whilst ramping up in order to deliver on these contracts. This learning curve doesn't come for free. It comes at a cost, the cost of mistakes, cost of people in many instances, and all too often at the cost of the client who is not delivered what uh, they were promised on budget and in time. Whilst the business is scaling in order to ensure that it can deliver on the orders it's just received, the entrepreneur finds themselves dealing with a lot of fires that need to be put out, people issues, supplier issues, logistics issues, etc., etc. And if they are not fully focused on ensuring that they can actually put out these fires, learn from them and put in systems and process in order to ensure that these don't reoccur, then the business is unlikely to be able to deliver on budget and on time as expected by the client. But I come back to that chemistry that goes on in the entrepreneur's mind at the point that they receive that big order, that massive order, that dream order that they've been waiting for for so, so long the order that they believe will launch them, that will be able to communicate to the world that they have arrived. Have you experienced one of those potential trigger moments? An order from a new or existing client that is bigger than you ever thought possible at this stage of your business journey? An order so big it forces you to stretch yourself and your team all the way to a potential breaking point to deliver on? 
But Alon has also described this very exciting time as that potential trigger moment. And what happens hereafter is where we need to look to determine if a false start is occurring. By the way, there are nine symptoms and while they're linked, each of them stands apart from the other as an indication that the wrong path is being walked down. Here's symptom number one. So what are the symptoms of being in a false start? What are the symptoms that I look for in an entrepreneur who I might be investing in to make sure that they are not suffering from false start mentality? You might ask the question, why am I using the word suffering from? And that's because 100% if you are suffering from false start, you will suffer at some point. So the first thing I look for is the purchase of a new car. Before that, they had an old jalopy. The central locking didn't work. There were some cracks in the windscreen. The paint had lost its gloss and glow. It certainly wasn't a, an ego statement or prestige statement to drive in in your old car. And the moment they receive the big order that weekend, they are in the German car dealership looking at the latest sports model. And when you challenge them as to why they are spending all this money so early on in their journey, they will respond to you by saying, my clients really care about what I drive. It is for them an indication of how successful I am. I have only one word to respond to that. Bullshit. Very early on in my own journey, I worked for someone that said exactly that. Their clients needed to see how successful they were. I worked with them for a few years and only once did a potential client ever walk us to their car. And that potential client remains exactly that to this day. A potential client. No deal was ever signed. The rest of the time the car was parked, unseen by most, in basement parking or under a tree in a guest parking lot. It was ultimately what Alon has described here. A very expensive, for multiple reasons, low-impact business decision. The second symptom is the actual mental model that the entrepreneur portrays. And that is that they think that the struggle is over. Somehow they've arrived at the peak of their existence. They've made it and from now on it's going to be easy and the road will be downhill and easy to navigate. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I listen for that symptom in the way that the entrepreneur speaks about their future. That somehow, from now on, it'll be easier. Nothing could be further from the truth. As businesses grow, they become more and more difficult to manage, more and more difficult to control, and more and more difficult to grow. More and more fires start to appear, operational issues start to manifest, and the entrepreneur needs time and effort in order to focus on these operational issues. If their attention is focused elsewhere, these little fires become raging fires and are able to burn the whole business down. Growth of a business is often a decision that is influenced by an entrepreneur's appetite for complexity and also the transition from entrepreneur to manager. Alon himself admits in other podcasts and conversations that he struggled with this and even gave over the running of Racecorp to someone else for a time. What does your language, that internal voice and the spoken word say about your current mentality? The third symptom that I look for is the upgrading of offices. 
So the entrepreneur gets that big order or those big orders and immediately starts to hire an interior designer and starts to remodel their offices. New fancy reception desk, new chairs, perhaps one of those stand-up desks here and there. A huge amount of money is now spent on the actual interior of the business. And when you query the reason for this to the entrepreneur, they will respond that we need to look the part so that our clients will perceive us as successful. I have a one-word answer to that response. Bullshit. If I reflect back at the entrepreneurs that I've invested in that have been successful, their relationship with their car, their relationship with their offices has been a long-term view. They have an eclectic collection of furniture that they've bolted on as and when the business requires new furniture to support new staff. It's only much later in the journey, when they're out of the false start, when they are really successful, that they begin to look at things like furniture and start to spoil themselves with cars and start to, for the first time, think about perhaps that this journey is going to be far more enjoyable. They don't believe that the struggle is over. They just believe that there'll be more enjoyment in the journey. The fourth symptom that I pick up and actually pick up quite often is the concept of world domination. And this is manifested by the entrepreneur now wanting to expand their business, not just into other regions within the country, but most often and too often across the border into other geographies. They are wanting to open offices across Africa or into Europe or into the U.S. They haven't even achieved 5% of the local market share, yet they are now talking about expansion into other geographies, somehow believing that those will be far easier to penetrate than the 95% still waiting to be taken in their local country. The issue with expanding internationally and opening up offices all over the place is that each one of these offices requires a huge amount of effort to find, to contract, to find staff, and then in those particular geographies to penetrate the local market. All the while, back at their home office, they are not doing an effective job in terms of dominating their own geography. So I have no issue with expansion. I have no issue with a business wanting to open up new offices and expand its reach and distribution. It's just the timing thereof. When you are still working out your systems and your processes, still going through that learning curve to then open up new fronts in the form of new offices and new distribution partners all over the world, you are creating a level of complexity that you're business cannot deliver on and the result of that will be that you will not deliver on the current clients that have given you the orders and you will lose those clients. The fifth symptom that I pick up in businesses in false start is that the entrepreneurs provide themselves with big bonuses and salary increases. An increased salary becomes a permanent overhead. A big increased salary is likely to provoke the entrepreneur to take on new personal overhead such as a new car, a new home, a new whatever where there is a monthly cost associated with that new item. 
And what that means is that it becomes very difficult for the entrepreneur to reverse their situation. And so that increase salary now becomes a permanent feature and a permanent overhead. To make it worse, these bonuses are generally paid in advance of being paid by the client and delivering to the client. And if for whatever reason the entrepreneur is unable to deliver to the client and is not paid, this may result in the implosion of the business. Let me repeat that line. They haven't even achieved 5% of the local market share, yet they are now talking about expansion into other geographies. Does that maybe sound familiar? Add to this a new look and feel office space, hefty salary increases and big bonuses, and is it any wonder our business is causing us sleepless nights? The next symptom is an interesting one, where Alon initially says something that I disagree with to some extent, but then he qualifies it very nicely thereafter. The sixth symptom is the massive increase in the number of people that are hired by the organization. Because all these fires start to appear, the entrepreneur's natural reaction to that is to throw people at the problem. People start complaining about the fact that they are overworked. The real issue might be that the business is not structured properly, the processes are inefficient, but instead of focusing on efficiency and structure, the entrepreneur's natural reaction, because they are under such pressure to deliver, is to throw more and more people at the problem. This once again creates an overhead that is hard to reduce, and if the business is unable to continuously bring in new business in line with the number of people that they've hired, once again, this is a recipe for disaster. The next two symptoms are all about perceived image, and I'm pretty confident that we have all felt the pull of these in some form or fashion at one point or another. The seventh symptom that I pick up is the entrepreneur looking for bigger and better premises. It's the new big head office with the big sign on their building. The pretext to this is the idea that we have arrived, we have to look the part, here's our big new offices, everyone must see, we were very cramped in our old space. And although there is always a time for that, if the timing for that is incorrect, if the timing of a new bigger premises is based on a single or small number of new big clients, where there is still no proof that you are able to deliver, then this once again becomes a ticking time bomb. The overhead associated with bigger premises, the overhead associated with all the new furniture, the electricity, the rates, the taxes, etc. associated with that bigger premises, once again lock in an overhead that is hard to reduce into the future. If there are insufficient orders and if there are insufficient sales into the future, once again, this is a disastrous situation. The eighth symptom is actually quite interesting to me. You will see with entrepreneurs in the false start that their personal image starts to change. All of a sudden, their wardrobe that they're wearing is a little bit fancier. There are a couple of Italian brands and French brands that are being worn. Their hair has been styled differently. They are sporting the latest sunglasses 
And if they're wearing normal spectacles, it will certainly be a brand name that they are wearing, with the brand quite prominently protruding from the side of their glasses. Although there is nothing wrong with personal grooming, I think for me, the, the fact that there is such a stark jump in the entrepreneur before the false start and during the false start is quite jarring for me. It is almost as if in the entrepreneur's mind, they are now an actor in a movie where they are the successful entrepreneur. And finally, the ninth symptom, the saddest symptom of all, is that the entrepreneur is so busy with their image, with world domination, with all the things that big bonuses and increases can buy, with all the issues that come from hiring people, with taking their new car in for a valet, that they take their foot off the sales pedal. And that, to me, is the biggest mistake of all. For with all these new overheads of salary, rent, rates and taxes, staff salaries, and everything else we've discussed in these symptoms, these all require sales in order to sustain them. And because the entrepreneur is so focused elsewhere that they take their foot off the sales pedal, sales therefore go down and the business cannot sustain the overhead. Game over. Let's recap before we move on to the final symptom, which is, in reality, why all these other symptoms are such a problem. Number one, a false start occurs when traction is experienced and the entrepreneur, you and I, feels as though we've made it and the rest of the journey is going to be easy. Number two, false starts often occur when a massive order comes in and instead of seeing this as an opportunity to improve processes, double down on important systems and improve the way we manage the business, we celebrate this big order in ways that are detrimental to our business's ongoing success. Number three, there are nine symptoms we can use to identify if we are in a false start mindset. And here follows the last one, along with some final thoughts and insights from Alon. So as I sit here talking about all these things, I cannot say that I've been impervious to all these symptoms, that I have not fallen into some of these traps over time. But I wish I hadn't. And I suppose the the biggest one for me was thinking that the struggle was now over. Nothing could have been further from the truth. I'm 22 years into the journey. I work just as hard. I'm still as driven. And having gone through my own false start, I've realized that although I'm enjoying my journey a lot more than I did at the beginning when there was no money in the journey, it certainly isn't one without issues one without a level of struggle, one without a continuous learning curve. And so to entrepreneurs who have identified with two, three, four or more of the symptoms that I have highlighted earlier in the podcast, to you I say there is always an opportunity to reverse the false start mentality. If you are going to be part of the 4% of entrepreneurs that succeed, you have to be aware of all the traps on your journey that are likely to take you out. Take heed. Beware the false start. 
Head over to racecorp.com where you'll find similar resources to this one and also the opportunity to sign up for notifications to stay updated on new releases. In addition to this, follow Racecorp on your favorite social media platforms where you'll find updates on when the next podcast in this 20 Lessons Over 20 Years series is released. My name is Gareth Armstrong and I'll see you in Lesson 6.